Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Welcome back, cocktail connoisseurs, to another thirst-quenching episode of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. I'm your maestro of mixology, Matthew Henry, always ready to shake things up with classic cocktail flair. And joining me, as always, is the inimitable, inimitable Ben Henry, today's Grand Admiral of Grog, Commander of Cocktails, and the daring deep diver into the ocean of spirits. So grab your shakers, muddle your mint, and let's start pouring. It's happy hour time, and your seats at the bar are reserved. How you doing, inimitable Admiral of Grog? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. Inimitable. I can't say that word. I don't... Inimitable. 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 It means to be matchless. Yeah. Well, obviously, I use it every day in conversation. Right. I mean, you can't you can't replicate me is what it means. I'm one of a kind and not just by a little bit. Well, that truer, truer words never spoken. Yes, that's right. That's right. And this week I am the commander. Last week you were commander on the second go around. And I was worried before I became emperor. And this time I'm commander and something else. And and grand admiral. Grand admiral. And the daring deep diver into the ocean of, of spirits. Daring deep diver. That is unique. That's weird. That's weird. In this reality, in this mythical world that ChatGPT has created this week, I am a super powered deep sea diver into cocktails. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I like it, I guess. I mean, sure. I'll take it. I'll take it. I, it, I, I give it a plus one for originality. I would never want to dive deep, though, into the ocean in reality. Oh, no. I will dive deep into a bottle, like, you know, in two seconds flat. Don't get me wrong, you know. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> but I would never dive deep into the ocean. No, not doing it. Not doing it. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. There's lots of weird things there. Yeah, lots of weird things there and lots of weird things can happen to you. Yeah. So anyway, let's see. This is the part where I usually talk about my week. My week was okay. My wife's favorite football team won their football game, which I think a lot of people who listen to this show likes the same football team. They're called the the Dirty Miners or yes. something like that. Don't pretend, <laughs> don't pretend you didn't like it either. You were watching. You were texting me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do like the 49ers quite a bit. They they are my favorite, second favorite uh, sports team. I like them even more than Leicester City. Wow. Okay. Roger's going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. My apologies to Roger. I mean, Roger's not a Leicester fan either. So he's just, you know, he's just, he's just, he's like, hey, you're talking about something that like, you know, cool. Although I guess he thinks everything that we talk about is cool because he's a listener. Anyway, I don't understand how all this works. But the point is, Matthew, my week was good because my football team won. How are you doing? How, how How's life in the the old, I don't know, I was going to say old Henry Ranch, but I don't I don't know what that means. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm calling it the casita. Oh, the casita. You're at the casita. Nice. 
Yes. And uh, things are going well. Actually, my, my son went back to college today. He had the longest spring or winter break, I think, on, on the planet. He had like like a six-week winter break. It, it was very long. Yeah, it was very long. Six weeks, these kids, he said, I don't like they go back and it's like, ah, how do they even remember anything? <laughs> yeah. So he, he I, I cut his hair. So I, I cut his hair last night before he left. Oh. Uh, that was a, a COVID thing. And that has just stuck. So now he only trusts me to cut his hair. And I, I do a pretty good job if I do say so myself. It's the only haircut that I could probably cut. I couldn't cut yours. I couldn't cut somebody else's. But his, I know how to do now. So, okay, I could cut yours. I could cut. I think a blindfolded monkey could, could <laughs> cut my hair. Like <laughs> It's hard to make mistakes on the top. And, uh, you know, you just got to cut it short everywhere else and it looks fine. All right. Enough about hair. Enough about me. Okay. Yeah. Enough about hair. Enough about you. But I do have a question for you. Okay, do it. This week was a instrumental moment in my son's life. Not only did he get a haircut, but I signed him up for a Costco membership. And and so you're truly an adult when you get a Costco membership. Big moment in life. Absolutely. And and so we went down and got his photo and he got his card <laughs> and you know, so now he could go when he's in college to Costco and get his like all the stuff they like. So so my question to you is I know you're a Costco member. I'm a shareholder. Yeah, exactly. Besides booze, what is something you are definitely buying when you're at Costco? Wait, they sell other things besides booze? Oh, a hot dog. What's that? Say it again. The dollar, the, the hot dog, the dollar fifty hot dog. <laughs> That's yes, <it. laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because you got to go during the time, like around lunch, get your hot dog yeah. and your, and your dollar fifty hot dog and Coke. And my, and my, and my $40 bottle of supersize bourbon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I get my, my buck 50 hot dog and, and free Pepsi or whatever the heck it is. Diet, of course, obviously, because <laughs> watching that old waistline. And, and that's, that's definitely it, you know, because I was thinking about this for a long time and then I it just, I was like, uh, duh, like every time I go to Costco, yeah. hot dog. Yeah. Same, same. I, for me, it's also though, the Costco toilet paper is probably the number one reason why I keep my Costco, <laughs> my Costco membership. Yeah, that's fair. So that's definitely like, if, if that, if they stop selling that, then I would probably cancel my membership. <laughs> So it's it's the toilet paper that keeps you coming back. It does. I mean, I'll get other stuff while I'm there, and I get a lot of it. But but it's the toilet paper that keeps me coming back for sure. Well, well, did you know that there's a trick? Actually, you don't need a membership to to get the food at the food court at Costco. Nor do you. Nor if you live in California, do you need a membership to get the booze? Oh, really? Yes, because in California, you cannot sell booze behind a membership. Whoa! I think that's something we should know on this show, and we do. So Costco allows you, 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 nobody knows this, but you can tell Costco, I'm just buying booze and they will have to sell it to you without a membership. Wow. I know somebody who asks, works at Costco. I'm going to have to ask them if they know that or if I'm going to have to like go into like the membership lane and assert my rights, even though I'm both a shareholder and a, and a VIP member. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing I would do. Follow up question to that though. What, what are you drinking with a hot dog? Like if you had like a cocktail. In your food court, what would you, what's, what's pairing with that hot dog? Ooh, that's a good, a bourbon whiskey sour would be an excellent pairing. I a hundred percent agree. That's kind of where I was going to. Yeah. Cause you know, you, you don't want to get fancy with this hot dog. You want to be able to just kind of, right. Yeah, and, and you need an American spirit in there with this hot dog, this beefy hot dog. Yeah. So bourbon, of course. And 
and then I also think that the flavor wise, right, it's it's probably going to pair well with that flavors. Yeah, bourbon, bourbon whiskey sour with my with my hot dog for sure. Well, you know what time it is. Is it that time? It's time for tip, tip of, of the, the day. day. Tip of the day, Ben. Tip of the day. So you and I have been we've been creating our own cocktails a lot lately. We have. Yeah, and uh, and 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 so I started thinking about like maybe a tip around that, right? Like when creating your own cocktail, what's a good tip? And so for me, because today I am presenting a cocktail, one of them is balancing sweet and bitter flavors is is a key, right? So if your base spirit is sweet, you might want to consider a bitter or tart liqueur to balance it out. Or conversely, if your base spirit has a little bit of bite to it then you're going to want to balance it out with maybe some sweeter liqueurs or syrups. So uh, uh, so that's kind of a really key when you're thinking about it, like what is going to bring balance to the cocktail? So I, I start out with a spirit, and usually that's kind of where you start, right, with your spirit. Uh, and then, you know, what is going to bring balance to that cocktail? And, uh, and that can be a combination of sweeter liqueurs and syrups. It could be just a liqueur. It could be just a syrup. You know, there's a, there's a lot that you can do with that, but that's that's a real key beginning point of you know how are you going to create balance in this cocktail, and so uh, you know really understanding what the sweetness of the liqueurs offer and how that can uh, offset maybe your your spirit uh, is really key. So just wanted to kind of put that out there, and we could talk a little bit more about that when we're talking about our cocktails. Uh, but, uh, that's just my tip of the day is really kind of when you're creating a cocktail to think balance, you need to think spirit. And then what am I balancing the spirit with? I mean, that's the fun of cocktail crafting, right? Or recipe crafting is, is finding this balance. And a lot of times, you know, I, I think people feel like, oh, I have to nail it the first time or, you know, I have to match this ratio <laughs> that like some other person did in a recipe. And and I think that's totally that's all just BS. I mean, part of the joy of, of crafting and making your own recipes is just trying to find the right uh, ratios that that are enjoyable and palatable but that you can sense everything that is a part of the equation. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that's the, one of my favorite parts of making my own recipes is finding the balance. And, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely, and you know what? I actually, I saw your tip. I, I had two cocktails that I wanted to make today. And then I saw that the tip that you were putting in today, and, and that actually sealed the deal because so I do want to talk about this more as I talk about my cocktail. Um, <sighs> I see, though, that it's it's my turn, but you keep putting your cocktail first. Uh, is it? I don't. I disagree that it's your turn. I, I, I feel very distinct that, that you went first last time. I'm, I'm going to look. And I know I know that we could go back to the previous episodes and look. It, it, and I did go back to the previous one and you went first last time. <sighs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Because in the episode... I'm sure. I mean, okay, listen, listen, listen. The fact that you're putting up this much of a fight means you're probably right. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go back, I'm just gonna go back to the seventh, which means you were first then too. And I'm just gonna open that up. I know I'm right. 
I know I'm right. And that was when you did the 43 bananas. So I don't know what you're fighting about, Matthew. It's your turn. Just go ahead and go. (laughs) Okay. Well, in that case, Matthew, since it's your turn, what are you drinking today? Well, thank you, Ben. I am drinking an original cocktail, as I mentioned, that I am calling Winter's Comfort. And it dawned on me that just because the holidays are done doesn't mean that winter's over. In fact, we're still kind of early in winter, unfortunately. And it's raining and it's cold and damp. And and I was really looking for a cocktail that would kind of embrace that. You know, you could sit by the fire or maybe just under a heavy blanket and sip your, your winter's comfort cocktail. So the cocktail that I came up with... It has one and a half ounces of bourbon, one ounce of apple jack, a half ounce of ginger liqueur, a quarter ounce of allspice dram, and a quarter ounce of cinnamon syrup. And you add all those into a mixing glass with ice, and you're going to stir it until it's well chilled and diluted, about 30 seconds. And then strain it into a rocks glass with ice, preferably a large cube. And then when that is done, you're going to express oils from an orange peel over the drink and then drop that orange peel into the glass as your garnish. And what you get is uh, a very uh, kind of winter spice type cocktail that has a little bit of bite from the bourbon, but it's also really balanced, as we were talking about earlier with our tip, with the ginger liqueur, which also adds spice, but sweetness as well. And the allspice dram and the cinnamon syrup add both sweetness and spice. It's a real, it kind of evokes like kind of a baking or like a mulling spice kind of drink. And it's really nice and easy to sip. And it's very, very delicious. You've got a little bit of the apple, you know, kind of on the back with the ginger and the spices from the cinnamon and the allspice. It's just, it's a lovely cocktail that is perfect for a cold winter night. So that's what I'm drinking, Ben, the winter's comfort. Well, first of all, when I look at this list of items in this recipe, I mean, it just feels, it reads like a winter cocktail. Yeah, you're not drinking this cocktail in the summer. (laughs) No, no, you would not. You'd see this on a menu and you would just be naturally put off by it. Right. Because it's like hot and warm outside. And the names of the items in this cocktail, they just don't evoke summer cocktail. Like this is a very warm and cozy kind of feel that that is just evoked by the names of the of the ingredients in it, which is really interesting in and of itself, right? Just sort of the psychological effect of knowing what you're drinking, right? Which is the bourbon and the applejack. And essentially you mentioned that because that's that's why I chose these to begin with, right? I mean, I was pulling these liqueurs and stuff. I was like, which ones? And I started thinking like, how do these go together? And, and you know, I had, at first there was like some orange, but I was like, no, orange isn't winter enough. And, you know, so I just kind of playing around with the different types of liqueurs, but I definitely gravitated towards the ones that evoked winter. And uh, so all of these definitely do. And, and not even just like the cinnamon syrup, right, is, you know, I couldn't just do a simple syrup. It had to have that, you know, some kind of spice in there. Right. Had to have cinnamon in it. It did. Yeah. 
Now, one question about the allspice dram. Is this the, this is the allspice dram that you buy in the store, the St. Elizabeth's? Okay. Okay. All right. So in that. Yeah. St. Elizabeth's. Yeah. Is what I'm using. Yep. There's also a, there's also a pimento dram that you could probably use that's uh, similar, but, but I went with the St. Elizabeth's. Right. And you can make your, you can also make your own allspice dram and you can also certainly make non-alcoholic drams. So, so, but I just wanted to know because I'm looking there for the first five ingredients in this cocktail are all bringing some alcohol to the party. You have, I'm assuming 80 proof bourbon in here. 80 proof bourbon. Yep. Yep. But then you also have, you have, you have, you have, I believe Applejack is also 80 proof. And then the ginger liqueur is probably around, if this is, if this is St. Domain. It, it is St. Domain. It is probably around 24%. And then your dram is probably like 18%. This is a potent cocktail. This one's bringing it. It's bringing the heat. It's bringing the heat to keep you warm during these deep, dark winter days. Exactly. It's a sipper. It's a sipper. You're going to sip this and you feel the warmth as it you know, kind of comes down into your belly and kind of just, you know, you, it just brings out this warmth of, in, in your whole body. But is it a sipper or does it, because I mean, the dram, the cinnamon syrup and the ginger liqueur, you know, they're all bringing some genuine sweetness while the bourbon and the apple jack sort of imply sweetness. Is it a sipper or can you drink this pretty fast or or does, is the bite and the burn of the bourbon there a little bit? I think the bite and the bourbon is enough. I think, I think it definitely, I, I really enjoy just sipping it. I, you know, if, hey, if you want to gulp this sucker, go ahead. But I, I, I believe it, it is a sipper. I think it's one of those ones that you can just kind of sip while you're reading a good book under a comfy, warm blanket. Well, if you put enough sugar into a cocktail, Matthew, I'm going to gulp it. You make it sweet. You make it icy. I mean, you could put you could put a whole bottle of vodka in there. and I'm just going to just gulp that down because I love my sugar. And my sugar loves me. Anyway, I, I will say that I did try this with a rye as well. Mm. And, and it. It just didn't come off as wintry to me. Okay. It was, uh, it was, it, there was a little bit too much bite and it wasn't as warm and inviting as the bourbon. So I stuck with the bourbon. Right. Okay. And then, so you stirred and, but you did stir. It's not, this wasn't made like an old fashioned and then served it with a large ice drain. Yeah. Okay. I like this one. I think you nailed exactly what you were going for. So you talked about the rye. The rye wasn't warm enough for you. It felt like it's the main ingredient and it wasn't hitting the note you wanted it to hit. Exactly. It was it was too harsh. Got it. I guess. You know, I wanted it to be warm and, and inviting and the, the rye just. Um, right. It, it, it was fine, but it wasn't it didn't evoke that kind of warmth that I was going for. Right. And do you feel like all of these guys were like, because the ginger, the ginger could add some spice and some bite to it. Yeah. The, the allspice is a unique and kind of aromatic spice as well cinnamon is cinnamon we all know what that does they all work very well to each other but did you feel like they weren't just kind of like dragging it all down and it was just too one note you know i i don't think so i originally did this without the cinnamon syrup to be honest and and i thought because i thought the ginger and the allspice dram might provide enough sweetness Mm. it was actually fine but it wasn't what exactly what I was going for. And I wanted I wanted this to be a cocktail, like I said, where you're just kind of sitting and just sipping it and enjoying it. And it wasn't it was just one of those ones that was just going to evoke warmth. And so it just wasn't quite sweet enough for me. 
with with without the syrup. So I added a, the cinnamon syrup, and I feel like that that went real well. So I, I really feel like that was the the final touch. Okay. Well, I like it. Well, and then and then the orange the orange peel, I think is important because it does definitely provides this aroma that that is really nice when you put your face into it. Right. And it is going to be bright because you don't you don't get any aroma without that orange peel. And so with the orange peel, it, it really kind of brings the senses up when you're drinking this. Right. I mean, the orange peel and, and, and I mean, this is why it's a, it's an integral part of the old fashioned, right? It is an extremely important part of the cocktail. It's not just there to look pretty. It's meant to to bring aroma. And and quite honestly, most of what you taste is actually from the aroma. Right. Well, I, I also think what's interesting about the cinnamon syrup. And I think that's a good segue into my cocktail and to also tie it back to, to what you talked about in the tip of the day, which is like it, the cinnamon syrup was adding a sweetness that you felt like the cocktail needed to hit what you wanted. But if somebody were else were to take this recipe, that might be a good place for them to start in terms of modifying the cocktail to make it their own, because maybe they want something that's more spirit forward and and not and not so sweet um, or not sweet at all. And then, yeah, and if you want something with bite, add swap out the bourbon for the rye, and now you have almost an entirely different cocktail, which is how how we do it. That's how you do it. That's how you you create your own cocktails. Okay, but anyway, what is the cocktail that I am drinking today? Well, I am not drinking an original because I had been making so many originals and thinking about this so much. I was kind of like, you know what? I want to go out and look and see just what other people are doing to become inspired and kind of like just see what people were doing like that was different. So I went and searched out some modern classics and I ended up on a couple of cocktails on liquor.com just through some some web searches and I stumbled across this one cocktail called the Earl Grey Martini. Now I got to tell you, I don't like this name. I don't like how anybody takes vodka or or gin and then calls it a martini, right? Like to me, it's a martini if it has the vermouth in it. Then maybe you can call it a martini, yeah. And then maybe you can call it a martini. But just because it has gin or vodka in it and you serve it in a martini glass, that doesn't make it a martini. But in this particular case, they called it a martini because they spelled martini differently. So the name of this cocktail, I did modify it a little bit, but it's called the Earl Grey Martini. And it comes from Audrey Saunders of the Pegu Club in New York City, which is a very famous establishment. So so here's what it is. It is one and a half ounces of Earl Grey tea infused gin. I'll talk about that in a second. It then has three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, freshly squeezed, of course, and then it has one ounce of simple syrup and one egg white. You take all of the ingredients and you put them into a shaker without ice and do a dry shake for 10 seconds to emulsify the egg, the egg white. Then you open that up and you add in the ice and then you shake it until chilled. And then you strain that into a coupe glass with a half sugared rim. So half of the rim is sugared. And then you garnish that with a lemon peel twist. And to make the Earl Grey infused gin, they of course did it with high quality ingredients and, and, a, and used an entire bottle of gin where they took Earl Grey tea leaves and put them into the bottle for two to eight hours. Now, I did see in the comments that a lot of tea purists were like, wow, that's a long steep. But I think alcohol 
does better with longer steeping on tea leaves, so that turns out to be okay. But here's what I did. I did not do that. I took a few four ounces, or maybe that was more like six ounces, of gin, and I took an Earl Grey tea bag, and I popped that in there for about 45 minutes to an hour. And that was plenty. So that's how I made my Earl Grey infused gin. And because I just wanted to get something so I could make this recipe. So that's how I made mine. For the half-sugared rim, I just rubbed a cut lemon on half of the rim and then just rolled that in sugar. And that is how I got to the sugared rim. The cocktail itself... Um, the, well, the Earl Grey is front and center. You notice that right away in terms of the flavor, but also in terms of the tannins. Otherwise, it's a fancy, and fancy, I, by, I, by fancy, I mean it has an egg white in it. It is a fancy gin sour. But what's interesting about this particular recipe are the ratios. It has three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice to one ounce of simple syrup, which is unusual. Most people, like the standard kind of like basic simple ratios are two one one. So you would expect two parts gin to one part lemon juice, which is what you have here, to one part simple syrup. But in this case, they have an ounce of simple syrup. And to the point of the topic above, the reason that they do that in this particular cocktail is because the tannins that come from the tea leaves actually play a part on that more tart and spirit side. And so the best way to balance that is with more sugar. And I think that's why they also bring the sugared rim. So if you find those tannins to be a little bit too overbearing as the drinker, you can drink from the sugared portion of the rim or not, depending on whether you like that or not. And and so I think that's a perfect reflection of like how how working how you want to work balance in your cocktails, right? So this is a basic simple template, two one one gin sour, but because we've added something unique but that changes the balance in the tea tannins, then they balance that with the extra sugar. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking today. A very simple but kind of adventurous modification to a straight up gin sour. Well, that's, I, I think it's interesting. Earlier you mentioned it was a, a mar, they're calling it a Earl Grey martini. And the, what you didn't mention is that the way they spelled the martini part is M-A-R-T-E-A-N-I. So martini. Correct. Correct. So I give them a pass on the name. Yes. I give them a pass on the name. Although I think it's a little overdoing it because they also said Earl Grey. It's an Earl Grey gin sour, right, is what this is. And But I think it's a great example of how just one little twist of, of an ingredient can create a whole new cocktail. And I'm, I bet that Earl Grey just kind of sings through this. It's, it's the dominant flavor in the cocktail, for sure, and which is really interesting and unique. But I mean, like tea and lemon, right? Like, who doesn't like that, right? So that's a really good pairing with a little bit of sugar in it. It, it is, I mean, it's just a really refreshing, just pleasant and warming experience. But more, I wouldn't say it's too warming. It's just pleasant. It's just a really comforting cocktail to drink. Um, and it just comes across as super, super smooth. Uh, you know, the tannins are present, right? And, and tannins are, 
they're they're you know they're common in, in red wine and in tea and they actually kind of create a, a sense of bitterness but but they also kind of cause a dryness in your mouth and this is actually a physical thing like tannins are like a it's a physical barrier, right? This is not a chemesthetic response. This isn't a this isn't like a, a taste. It's actually a physical thing that you're feeling in your mouth when those tannins kind of like get caught on your tongue. But it comes across as being kind of bitter. And that presence really does, I think, necessitate the extra sugar. But beyond that, yeah, this is just a, a warm Earl Grey cold for you star trek fans this is earl gray ice cold if you know you know like you know i didn't say it with the english accent and it didn't just magically appear in a box that would be sweet that's what i need matthew i need a food replicator that just serves me cocktails don't we all man yeah. Knowing Starfleet, though, they wouldn't, it would just be synthol, right? It would just be fake alcohol with no ethanol in it. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it sounds delicious. And it sounds like the Earl Grey would, would really kind of, you know, we talk about winterizing a cocktail. It feels like that would be a really good winter, winterizing a traditional gin sour with just this Earl Grey flavor coming through. I feel like that's, that's really great. And then the sugar rim. Also adds a little bit of an interesting touch to that. I, I think that's you know a, a really great aspect of this cocktail because you can choose to have a little bit of more sweetness with it as you're drinking that Earl Grey. Well, there you have it, folks. The Winter's Comfort and the Earl Grey Martini. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to try them yourselves, or maybe you made something better. Take a scot of it. Sponsored by Giant Cocktails. Or maybe just paint a word picture of it and send it to us on Instagram, the Twitter formerly known as Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. We love to, inter we love to interact with you all, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Uh... Four, five stars, uh, maybe say something nice. Tell us uh, how much you love us. That would be amazing. Also, tell other people. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your coworkers. Tell people who you just see on the streets. Tell people, hey, there's this great podcast. You should listen to it. That would also really help the show. Tell your paramedics on the way to the hospital. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Them too. And on that note. We'll see you all next Monday when we'll be drinking these very same cocktails while Matthew and I try to think of something to talk about the San Francisco Giants as this never-ending, deep, dark, hot stove season just continues to be Scott Boris's universe that we all have to live in. Until then. Matthew. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Adios, everybody. How many ways are there to say goodbye, actually? Hey, see ya. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up.
who doesn't like licking the rim? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, millennials are totally into it, Matthew. It's like a maneuver that just has to be in your like toolkit, right? If you're not going to lick the sugar off the rim, Matthew, sure. then you might I mean, as well not respond to the Tinder. You know what I mean? <laughs> swipe left. I don't even know which way you swipe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know either. Swipe wrong is what I'm saying. <laughs> the question is, will this make it into the outtakes at the end or not make it in at all? Because it's definitely not going to be in the front side of the show. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Stopping my recording. Coward.